Behind the Still podcast, we are with Christian Myra over here at Rock Filter Distillery. Christian's a former Navy fighter pilot, then moved to a, an organic farmer, now a whiskey distiller. Yep. Thanks yep. for joining us, Christian. Oh, my pleasure. Christian, we, we went over some of the stories today. We're going to go see the mill later today, which is going to be exciting. Can you kind of go through your history? I mean, as a your dad was a Navy pilot in Vietnam, which is pretty cool. Yep. Then you were a Navy, and then you moved on to where you are now. So kind of start from the beginning. Well, I, I grew up here in Spring Grove, where we're at right now. And uh, after a stint in the, being gone for a number of years in the military, I came back and started farming. And But what I did, yeah, I went, kind of followed my dad's footsteps and uh, became a fighter pilot in the, the Navy for uh, about 12 years of active duty. And then came back to this area back in 2006 and spent another 12 years in the reserves and had the opportunity to go spend a year in Afghanistan as a running a drone unit over there back in 2013, and it was coming back off that deployment back to uh, back to the farm that I decided it was time to maybe uh, do something a little more than uh, just raising livestock and driving tractors and and uh, looked at all the resources we had around here and decided to start uh, making whiskey. So why did you just decide to start making whiskey? What was it the name you, you guys? doing crazy stuff like landing on uh, carriers out in the middle of nowhere or or what was it about uh, a whiskey that that brought you to it well i i'd say uh i joked that you know being a fighter pilot qualifies me to be a whiskey drinker i guess and uh or gin but uh what what we decided to do here is just uh, stick to the whiskey but yeah i think it uh came down to was uh just looking for something that we could uh, use the resources we have here, the natural resources, and turn these grains that I'm already growing on my farm into uh, something other than meat or milk. And and whiskey seemed like just a, a natural thing to do based on the, the limestone filtered water we have here, the organic grains I'm growing on the farm, the white oak that gets harvested in this region that, that uh, our barrels are made out of. All that kind of just sort of lend themselves into, uh, you know, it seemed like and it kind of brought me to where I am today. And and I think it was, uh, part of it was that deployment that I decided it wasn't, I didn't want to be sitting on a tractor by myself for the rest of my life and do something a little bit different that, that brings people together and tells some stories and makes some good whiskey. And, and so we, I think I went about it in a way that, that really showcases our product and, and who we are, what we are about as a as a brand and and the authenticity and the transparency and and everything we do that goes into every bottle of whiskey that comes out of this place. Did you grow up on a farm? Was it was that natural to Yeah, I did. So what I did, I came back basically a family farm. My uh my dad was a fighter pilot and when I grew up he was a airline pilot and and farmed. Uh, my folks still live on the farm I grew up on and and I'm on a farm that my dad had bought back in the 60s just just a couple miles uh, away from the farm I grew up on. The farm has been certified organic since 2004. So, you know, I kind of wanted to come back and do something like that. I like the idea of doing organic. We do, I do grass-fed beef and grass-fed lamb and rotational grazing and and then uh raise these organic grains that that give us the opportunity to do stuff that's a little un, you know unique uh, with our whiskey because we're uh, raised a lot of organic not a lot but i mean our, our farm is fairly small by today's standards we're running about 300 acres and and then use the corn that we grow on the farm and then we'll put in you know small plots of of unique grains that i want just for the distillery we use a lot of uh 
or not a lot, but uh, some heirloom corn varieties, for instance. So uh, again, another resource we have in this region is a, a place called Seed Savers over here in Decorah, Iowa, about 20 miles from here. And uh, we source a lot of heirloom uh, corn uh, seeds from them originally. And so we, uh, we're we raising a Oaxacan green corn that goes into our fence jumper bourbon. We've used an Ohio blue clarage uh, heirloom corn that goes in the, that's in a unique one that's going to, that uh, we're going to be sending out with the, uh, the Rackhouse whiskey uh, buyers and to them. And so anyway, I got off on a little bit of tangent there, but Tangents there's a good on podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, back to you. I don't know if you want me to no, focus yeah, so in I, on anything specific, but I, I can, I can. You do. You, well, the, so say the, the in the whiskey, in the Rackhouse whiskey box, there's going to be the experimental series. And then there's also going to be a rail splitter, the rail splitter one. Yes. Right. Talk about those two. Cause there was uh, there, there's a unique uh, grain in one of in, them. In the rail splitter. Yeah. So the rail splitter is a, uh, it's a bourbon. So by definition, bourbon's got to be at least 51% corn. This one's got 55% corn in it, and, and then the rest of the mash bill is all triticale. Triticale is a grain that was developed in Europe back in the 1800s, and it's a cross between rye and wheat. So it's kind of a fun, fun one to use in, uh, in a bourbon, and, uh, and I think it, it really uh, turned out well. So it's, you know, a lot of uh, traditional Kentucky bourbons are a lot of corn, a little bit of rye, a lot of corn, a little bit of wheat, and this is... Corn and a grain that's across between both of those uh, those as characteristic characteristics of both of those you know both in the plant and in the, in this in the grain itself so yeah interesting yeah. and then the experimental one you guys play around with different what I've seen here is different products that you guys are able to experiment with which is pretty cool our standard lineup or kind of our flagship you know bourbons we use things like oats and sorghum and some other grains like well like triticale like that we got in the rail splitter and this experimental one that will be coming out under our test acre exper- experimental series is made with a, a blue corn called ohio cool. ohio blue clarage and then also in that mash bill is some black barley and hullus oats and part of that blue corn we actually uh, blackened so it's uh Smoke. We didn't smoke it. We smoked some of our grains and some of our recipes. This was actually blackened, like with a torch, like literally laid wow. the, the kernels out on a on the sidewalk and blackened them. And uh, some yeah, thrusters of F eighteen. Yeah, we yeah we we could have used some uh, some F eighteen after burning engines to get that done, <laughs> but uh, instead we just used a little old torch. So yeah, <laughs> wouldn't that be a story? Yeah, uh, that's pretty cool. And so, how long have you been here then? Two thousand sixteen, right? Yeah, we started distilling in two thousand sixteen. And we were strictly uh, whiskey, so we were, we're only, you know, doing bourbons, rye, you know, only whiskey. And I don't know if I mentioned it, you know, instead of uh, turning those, you know, grains into meat or milk that I'm raising, we're turning them into whiskey and bourbon. And so, yeah, so that, and I think, you know, we're, we're unique. We are a certified farm distillery. We control the process from the time the seed goes into the ground till it goes into the, into your glass, literally. And where we actually have all our grains stone ground on the oldest at the oldest water powered mill in Minnesota that still uses original stone. So all our grain gets stone ground at a mill that's powered by the Beaver Creek just down the road here. The stones that have been there since 1876. And the fact that we I'm starting with organic grains, we certify the distillery organic too. So uh, we're uh, a seed to bottle uh, operation, and we're all organic too. How many are there? I we don't come across many organic distilleries 
There, you know, I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. I know there's a, f- a handful out there. Coval Distillery in Chicago, Journeyman Distillery over in, in Michigan, Loon Liquors in uh, Northfield, Minnesota does organic stuff. So there's a few around, but none that I know of that are actually farm distillery, raising their right. own grains and doing it the way we're doing it. And and like I said, because we got the the land based uh, and want to try unique things. We, um, you know, we dry some of these heirloom corn varieties. We've had, uh, you know, as on the farming side of things, we're kind of uh, at the mercy of Mother Nature sometimes. We, a few years ago, we were going to try a Mandan red heirloom corn. It's a red corn. Yeah. That corn actually only got about literally like two feet tall and it got blown over during the thunderstorm and it was a, you know, complete failure. So, we get to uh, experience that. We the the Oaxacan green corn we use. We we picked specifically because of a lot of it. The agronomics because of our latitude here. That was raised in a region of Mexico originally that was had a probably a little higher in altitude, so they had a shorter growing season. Some of those corns, heirloom corns that uh, originated. I mean, really all corn originated out of, in Mexico, but need longer growing season than we have here in Minnesota. So. The Oaxacan green is a nice one. It works well in our at our latitude. It's an heirloom open pollinated variety, so it looks pretty horrible when it's growing in the field. Um, it doesn't look like even the organic, you know, hybrid corns that uh, we raise, the yellow field corn, every stalk is the same height. The ears are the same spot on every stalk. The heirloom open pollinated varieties have, you know, some stalks are falling over because they're so th- thin and some are two feet taller than the others and some ears are a foot long and some ears are four inches long. And and uh, so we we actually can and we have walked through the the uh, the patch or the fields of, of those heirloom varieties, hand harvested the most desirable ears off the most desirable stalks to save those seeds to replant the, the following year. Gone back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You guys really have kind of gone back in some time to, to, to make it as genuine as possible. This is the most, this is the most what you, we were talking about earlier, seed to seed to bottle or, or grain to glass or whatever, you know, the many different types of things. This is the most I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You're literally by hand. You're not getting it from, you know, a producer somewhere else or a company. You're, you're, you're getting your own, but you're only able to do that because you're organic, right? Right. I mean, we could go get it organic grains from uh, you know other producers and things, but but we grow it two miles from That's the cool. distillery, and and everything we make comes and it, it all gets you know my my eighty four year old dad cleans most of the grain on a on a Clipper two B an old old uh, grain cleaner that's probably I don't know as old as I am, and then we take it down to Ed at uh, at the mill, and he he grinds it on stones that have been there since the eighteen seventies and. We bring that ground grain back here and and turn it into world class whiskey. You do, man. There there yeah. is some good stuff here that you're making. And and what I love about this is is how much you guys are about storytelling. I remember the first time we spoke on the phone and kind of told you what we're all about and and it hit it off extremely extremely quickly because of how once you guys do kind of work upon the the story. Every bottle that you guys make has a story, a unique story to tell behind it, just like the you know, the rail splitter one that you're talking about tell that story one of the whiskeys yeah so the rail splitter so each of our bottles have a label with a picture save for that our test acre doesn't that's that's more of an experimental so you you get uh, notes on that one not necessarily a picture but all our other ones are kind of our standard labels have a picture and they're not just some cool picture we found on online or on the internet we uh most of them are relatives of mine i 
My dad's on one. My grandparents are on one. My great uncle's on one. I got some of my sheep on their fence jumper bourbon because they jumped the fence and ate our Oaxacan green corn the first year we uh, we raised it. So uh, we we say that you know good fences make more bourbon around here. But the the rail splitter is actually my great great grandfather, and he. Um, my dad knows all the the details of when he came from Norway to this region, but all the 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 story that behind the rail splitter is that my great great grandfather, in the winter of 1856, uh, split ten thousand oak fence rails by hand for a penny apiece. He's on that label, and and it was just a fitting name to call it rail splitter based on that story. So. Absolutely, and just imagine the amount of work. And he was doing it in the winter time, right? Because the oak splits better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oak splits better when it's cold. Yeah, and it gets cold up here. I know it gets cold in Iowa, but it just seems like when we cross up Ames and then we get up into the Mason City area and then up into the here, it just gets colder for some reason. I don't <laughs> even know the matter of the time of the year that we're in. It's always just a little bit colder up here. But but no, this is this is all. And you guys are in a little bit more of a hillier area than what I think typically people might think of as northern Iowa. This is the eastern part. This is the the driftless region. Right. Right. right um, yeah. With yeah. Lumber Hills, where the where the glaciers didn't didn't smash everything right yeah so yeah we're we're in the driftless area which is basically southeast minnesota northeast iowa and western wisconsin which in the last ice age there's no glacial drift that's why they call it the driftless region the glaciers kind of split and went around this region and and so that's why you get a lot of they call it bluff country a lot of bluffs hills valleys and and limestone limestone yep so uh yeah we use uh, the water we make our whiskey with, with comes right from uh, uh, the well on the farm, actually. So it's not treated with anything, and it's uh, comes from that you know limestone we got beneath our feet, that limestone filtered water. So, you bet, you yeah, bet. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this pretty country up here. It's, it kind of immediately turns into bluffs, which is kind of cool. And this area is, I mean, we've got the, the caves just south of us, you know, this whole limestone area, which I think when I learned back in the day, this almost was a fault line where... It almost split off. We were almost on an ocean. Uh, oh yeah. Eventually, yeah. Back okay. in the, the long, I mean, obviously millions and millions of years ago, but it created all those caverns and stuff that you, we've got around here. And right, right, um, yeah. And, and and lots and lots of 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 limestone, which is kind of a a soft rock, if you may will. Yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting, but it does tend to some different and heavily filtered water because of how porous it is. Yeah, yeah, and you, we get the the minerals and things minerals, that are in yeah. the, in that contribute to to our rock filter flavor here. So, and you know, in Minnesota is the land of ten thousand lakes, but Southeast Minnesota is a little bit of a gem that not a, most people don't think about when they think about ten thousand lakes because we're the farm, the distillery is in Spring Grove, and they call it Spring Grove for a reason. There's a lot of springs. That water is uh, groundwater is is near the surface, and but there's not lakes in this area. There's a lot of trout streams, hills, valleys, bluffs, and uh, so it's it's a little bit not what you think about when you think about the land of ten thousand lakes, no. and then and, uh, and it's kind of more people are discovering that this is kind of a cool cool place to come and you know stay in an Airbnb and go drink some good whiskey. You so, bet, you yeah. bet. And you get a lot of people traveling through, right, from all over the place. We do, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what it seems like. Well, I'm sitting in an office, and I see lots of fighter jets, and I see a guitar. You play guitar? Uh, not very well, but yeah. <laughs> more, more more, to entertain myself than you anybody tell else. people whatever you want when you're <laughs> yeah. I, I picked the shit out of that guitar. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. So after this, we're going to go see the, go meet Ed over at the mill, right? Yeah, yeah, see yeah. See that. Um, yeah. I'm excited to kind of to, to see what that looks like. Yeah. and to hear all the talk so thank you for so much we'll be featuring this distillery 
coming up soon. Can't wait to show you guys the videos. Can't wait for uh, for everyone to hear more. And, and gosh, I'm so glad that you're only four hours away because it's going to be easy, a little trip to get up here. Awesome. Thank yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 my pleasure. I appreciate you guys coming, and it's it's been great. Can't wait to get this out in into the hands of deserving people to to, that, to the, absolutely to, to uh, you know preach the rock filter gospels.